welcome into another episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast today, sitting down with Damian Wilkins in downtown Indianapolis. This comes to you a day after his birthday. Birthday celebrations last night. It was pretty cool. Some of your teammates joining you. What was that experience like for you, Damian? Oh, uh, man. Um, it was unreal, to be honest with you. It was uh, just really a testament to, first of all, what type of guys though they are uh, that's in that locker room. A bunch of great guys uh, to take the time out, you know, after everything has transpired. I'm not technically a part of the team, but I'm part of the family, so it seems. And those guys came out and, you know, in their own free time surprised me, really, because I had no idea that that was going on. I had no idea they were coming. I uh, honestly thought just myself and my fiance were going out for a night nice bowling. Night yeah. yeah, just and I walk in and I, I didn't even see their cars in the parking lot. And I walk in and, you know, half of the team came from behind all the games and stuff. Surprised me. Uh, it was a wonderful experience, man. And I, I, I couldn't stop talking about it last night. And even this morning when we woke up, it was just uh, – it's hard to put into words. It, it it really meant a lot to me, and I don't think even those guys know what it meant to me, but it meant so much. Um, it meant so much, and, you know, had I not been – had to show them how much of a tough guy I am, I might have shed a tear or two, but it was it was, it was was amazing. And she, Jasmine – And she's sitting next to you, by the way. Yeah, my fiancé here, she kind of put that all together, man, and I, I just – I haven't gotten the phone hadn't stopped ringing and that just means a lot it it motivates me right like it motivates me even more to to continue to be influential um and to continue to just work my butt off and, and hope to get back was it also even more meaningful because you didn't like we discussed with you on Sunday you didn't get that chance to, to say goodbye to the yeah, group yeah uh yeah, I mean, I didn't get the opportunity to sit down with each and every guy or address the entire team as one. And, and I thought it was interesting. That was by choice because you knew Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I knew. But you guys had a game to play too. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that had to be a difficult choice for you not to say anything in was, light of having a game. It was. It was tough. And a part of it too was I didn't know if they knew already. I didn't know who knew and who didn't know. Uh, but also it was just I didn't want to somber the moment. I was – on such a high from the game itself like like I told you that that next day I didn't want the game to end um mm-hmm. so to come into the game not knowing what was about to happen that day when I got to the arena to getting the call to start and to playing you know that way and then also winning the game by the margin that we won it was such an emotional high the whole day and then I didn't want to come into the room after a five-game losing streak, and then we snapped that streak with a win and say, hey, guys, just want to let you know that they told me that I won't be with you guys any longer. Like, I, I just – I couldn't do it. Um, and then, you know, in practice the next day. <laughs> that had to be terribly difficult <laughs> and awkward at the same time, yeah. knowing what's probably coming. Things could change, but – Probably not, right? Right, right, right. But you so. go through the entire practice. You have some of us taking pictures of you, us getting them thinking, hey, he's clearly secure because he's out at practice, and then how things change. Yeah, um, funny how 
quickly things change, right? So to go through that practice, uh, that whole day itself, it was it was tough. Is um, it a blur a little bit? Yeah, it is, but it's not. It, it it's still fresh. Okay. Um, and they made it, you know, to to still be engaged with my like I, I you know I, I talked to my teammates. I've talked to those guys. I'm even I keep calling them teammates. Like I've spoken to all of those guys pretty much every day since all that has happened. I've been in contact with them, and the only thing I haven't done is suited up with them. Uh, and the the love and the the respect and the, all the well wishes I've gotten from people around the city that I had no idea that it was even paying attention to me, let mm-hmm. alone my situation has been overwhelming. Um, and I can't even, I can't say enough about how grateful I am for that. It was, it's just been, it's been unbelievable, man. And I, like I told my fiance this morning, I said, it just motivates me to continue to be more of who I've been and, it says a lot, and if that's the purpose, if that's my purpose, then that is enough. That's that's enough. So was this last week maybe an opportunity for you to realize, hey, I really did have an impact hearing the words, and I'll get into it, of Miles Turner talking about how he looks up to you after you said you look right, up to right, him. Right. And, and then obviously you've read your mentions. I did too, and they were just all glowing about the impact you had on on the court and with the guys. Right, right. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It has been, and that's why I said this week has been so crazy because you come into that week uh, knowing that you know I won't be with the team anymore. We play that game. We win that game. The next day I'm in practice, and then the day after that, like everything is just going crazy, and then the day after that is my birthday. Like it's just it's been one of those weeks where it's been like, whew. And as I wrote two weeks before that, you find out you're having a boy. <laughs> right, like, and, been, and so there, it's just been, it's been news after news, yeah, it seems it's, like. It's been crazy, man. Um, but I wouldn't write the story any different. I wouldn't write it any different. If I had the chance to write it, I wouldn't write it any different. And I feel like the past four years being away from it, this year has made all of that worth it. Even this situation I'm in right now has still made it worth it because of the genuine love that I've received from everyone, the people that I never knew I had an impact on, I never knew even watched me, you know, here this year, never knew were fans of mine and the things that I've accomplished. So I wouldn't write the story any different, and I still know, I trust that something good is coming down the road, and I don't know what it's going to be, and I hope that it's back with this team because this group for guys are just unbelievable, man, and you don't get that much. Uh, around this league you get a lot of good guys in the locker room or good guys off the court or talented guys uh on the court but a genuine group of guys who just care about one another man you don't get that a lot and 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 that's what it's all about we're recording this less than a week after you you got the news and the same day the Pacers facing the Cleveland Cavaliers over at Bankers Life Fieldhouse and I don't know if any of the staff members or players have told you but at least at the last game I look up in the locker room, your nameplate's still there. I look up at your chair in country, team's equipment manager, your gear was still there too. Yeah. Uh, that was notable to uh, me. How about that? Um, I didn't know that until you said it. Um, that's, that's something. Um, everything that's happened since the news has been like, wow, like, I was cared about. And that's what you mm-hmm. want. It's, as a person, as a professional athlete, you want people to, to care about you. You want to feel like, you know, 
it's bigger than what goes on on the basketball court. And it says a lot. Uh, it's a real testament to, to my parents, uh, how they raised me. It's a real testament to who I have by my side right now. Um, it's a real testament to the hard work and perseverance, man. Those things are invaluable, just like veteran leadership. It's invaluable. And I hope I represented my family, myself, uh, and my hard work well throughout my career. But this right here, right now, man, it's, it's like I said, it's been overwhelmingly great, awesome. And, you know, it's hard for me to even put into words how meaningful it all is. Uh, and it's, it goes beyond what happens on the basketball court. That's Something. what it seems like. Yeah. It, there's a connectedness beyond the court. Yeah. that, And it speaks to I'll read what some of Miles had to say about you the other night in the locker room. First of all, your relationship and how you guys went to dinner the other night. He said, yeah, he just wants me to be the best version of myself I can be. And a lot of that is just the mental aspect of the game. That's one area where he's really helped me a lot. He later added how you look up to him. He laughed and goes, I mean, physically I understand that. But I look, look up to him in every aspect of the game, really, just his approach. He's legit the first one in here every morning. Like two, three hours before practice, he gets his work in. He's in the weight room every day. He's just a true professional. That's one of the things I really appreciated and took away from him. Now, he's not a rookie, not inexperienced by any means. Right, right. He's been in the league several years. But how do you hope that you were able to influence him and continue to be able to influence a guy like him that his stock's on the rise? Uh to worry less about what people think and to go out and play as hard as he can every day and then have fun doing it. Um, I was telling him when we ate, I said, you know, I've seen a lot of guys play where it seems like they feel like it's the weight of the world is on their shoulders because mm-hmm. I've been that guy. I've yeah. had to play with, like, a tremendous amount of pressure uh, living up to we're trying to live up to the, my dad and my uncle, right? Like their name. Everywhere their you legacy, go. legacy. Everywhere I've been my entire and I, career. And I noticed for the first time on your arm, you yeah. got a tattoo, was that? Blood, blood loyalty. loyalty. Yeah. And to me, it kind of probably goes yeah. into all of that. And for him, like he's a kid still uh, who pretty much has the keys to the franchise. And he's going to be a cornerstone for this team and someone that they build around for a long time. So where's the pressure? Right? Like, where's the pressure? Um, it, all he has to really do is go out there and just play as hard as he can and be who he's been and to continue to work to get better at everything that he's already good at. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, it, the, the, the platter is on the way. Right. It's like he's sitting in the – I told him he's sitting in the back of a restaurant right now and he's watching the waiter slowly walk to him. And he's in his private room. Right, <laughs> with the platter. Like, the, the, it's on the way. Um, there's no There's no real pressure, and I think – I've seen a difference in him since that conversation. Now, was that conversation a game changer? I don't know, but I've seen a difference. I've seen a guy who assumes more of a leadership role, who shows that he cares more, and not to say that he didn't prior to that. But the last game I played with Miles, he had fun, and the game – after that, he looked like he was having fun. Like so like, much fun that he hurt his that elbow. he hurt his elbow <laughs> yeah, on a slam dunk in transition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was wild. Been having fun, man, and to to know how much he appreciated the entire conversation, the entire time that we was out. That says that says a lot. It says a lot about him. Uh, you know, and I told him also that everything that we we talked about it wasn't 
it had less to do with things I know and a lot to do with about things that I've been taught. You know, uh, my rookie year when I was with uh, with Ray Allen, he told me everything he taught me. He said, "Give it back." The only thing he hmm. said, "Hey, everything I tell you and teach you, just give it back." That's the only thing you owe me, and this is me giving back. And Miles received it, and hopefully, he's going to be a better player from it. In regards to Miles, it makes me wonder, big picture here. If a lot of it came over the last couple of years because of, one, the, the breakout type of start he had to his career, yeah. and then how Paul's struggled, it's not who he is as being a leader. Mm. And so Miles, I, I think he's wanted to take that role but understood it was kind of Paul's, but he felt the pressure of being that next guy. From my standpoint, that's kind of what I drew out of all that is he felt the pressure to be that next guy maybe early, so early on. Well, I gave him that example about about. Paul too. I said, hey, I wasn't here with Paul, but think about all the things that Paul did that you may have wanted him to do differently or things that he didn't say to you that you probably wanted him to say to you or things that he did say to you that you may not have agreed with. Learn from those things. That's how you become a better version of a leader that you want, of the, the leader that you want to be. Learn from it. Because TJ, for instance, and EK, for instance, those guys are looking at you. They're going to be looking at you like you looked at him and was like, going to be like, well, what do you have to say? What are you doing right now to lead us? That's what they're going to say, and that's what they're going to wonder, and you're going to be that example. And eventually when you move on, mm-hmm. those guys are going to be here, and they're going to say, hey, my leader was Miles Turner. Or Circle my- of life almost right, right. there. It's you start in that, that position, and then, as you explained, try to give it back right. when you get to that position. You mentioned Ray Allen. I thought that was interesting because, and you don't know my history here, but I started in this league as a ball boy for 10 years. I was always taking care of the visitors. So I was intently watching those guys closely. And for a lot of them, it changed my perception on guys. I immediately think of J.J. Redick. You think of Duke, you don't like him. You get in the locker room, and he is great. One of the most grounded individuals, wants to have deep conversations, kind of like me and you are having. That fascinates me. Ray Allen very much to himself closed off, at least from my small window. What is Ray Allen like, and what were you able to take away from him? Uh, consummate and constant professional. That's the one thing I can take from him. And cared about a teammate, a guy who pretty much was at the the forefront of every team he played for. You know, he was one of the guys, if not the guy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that was looked up to and revered by a lot of people. Like, you know, we watched him. He was Shuttlesworth to us. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, yeah, was, he yeah. got game. Like, that's him. Like, so, yeah, I mean, he, he cared about his teammates. He led. He took me under his wing when he didn't have to. Is he more of a lead-by-example guy? Because that's how he strikes me. For instance, he always beats typically the ball boys to the arena, yeah, taking yeah. a cab over and probably was an Uber in the latter stages of Funny career. story about that. Did. Funny story about that. It was by himself. Yeah, funny story about that is I went my my first game when with Seattle when he and I he knocked on my door like three in the afternoon. I was like, "Hey, young fella, be downstairs in fifteen minutes." I'm like, "For what?" Mm -hmm. Like we're going over early. I was like, "Okay." Then he just walked away. So got all my stuff together frantically, walked downstairs, and here we are in a cab on our way to the arena. Four hours before, three hours before the game. And I hadn't stopped doing that since. I still do that to this day. 
Yeah, I remember in Chicago a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, you that, were I think three hours before the game, roughly at was, least when I was that out. That was there. every game. That's been every game since that day. Mm-hmm. I've come to the the gym that early. Everywhere I played, no matter where it was, it was you know in 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 China, in Venezuela, in Puerto Rico, in the the D League. This year, everywhere I played, it's been that way. It hadn't been different. And it's worked. It worked for him. It works for me. And I think it's a preparation thing. Now, everyone doesn't have to do that because to each their own. But for me, it worked. And that was all him. Why did you find that time valuable? Was it off by yourself where you could really dive in alone with maybe uh – a team staffer just rebounding, getting shots up by yeah, yourself. Yeah, that's what it turned into for me. It was able. It was my time to be on the court with nothing on the court, just kind of in my own zone, preparing for work, preparing for the game, and it, it was all a part of the mental preparation that I needed. And I didn't know that at first, but it helped me, and I was able to lock in with no distractions and get my work in, and I was able to get game reps up because. No one was out there. No distractions. No other rebounders or shooters or balls flying flying everywhere. Yeah, like it was just my time to kind of be in my zone. And that's what I picked it up. I picked it up from him. And it hasn't changed since then. Kind of working backwards in the timeline here. And I found it interesting that coach you began your career with, you ended up here with, right, with Nate McMillan. That was your first coach. And you explained to me in, in during training camp how after that first year, it was Kevin Pritchard in Portland who tried to get you to Portland before you went back to Seattle. With Nate. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because Nate went to on. Portland, yeah, after my rookie year. Is that further proof that you found in life that it's, it's just a relationships business on yes. top of everything? Obviously, you got to have the no, skill. No, 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 yes. Doubt, it, it, it really is because guys in Kevin Pritchard's and Nate's position, those guys, they like good guys. And they want good guys in their locker room. And had I burned those bridges then, yeah, then this opportunity wouldn't have came about. Even with Chad. Chad was the GM or assistant GM in Charlotte. So he would come to Greensboro last year when I was in the D-League all the time. When MKG got hurt a couple years ago, they called me in because Chad knew the coach I played for in the D-League. In Iowa, Coach Matt Woodley, he was friends with him. So he called Matt Woodley and asked, where was I? So I came in the training camp when MKG got hurt in Charlotte. And I didn't make the team. I was the last cut. But that opportunity came because of not only they knew I could play, I could help, but because of the relationship. And that's the one thing I stress to young guys all the time because sometimes they can get so – caught up in thinking that the balls are going to bounce forever like you know I'm good so I'm going to just play basketball forever and it doesn't work that way so they take for granted the relationships that people have around or you know the the ball boys right or the in video intern guys they're working to get somewhere they don't want to be video intern right. guys their entire Frank life. Frank Vogel did not want to be a video coordinator right but Eric guess Spolstra. what same way yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and then when an opportunity went away from them there they stayed in the league as scouts. Then yeah. they got hired as assistant coaches and worked their way up. You're yeah. right. Everybody has an end game that they're ultimately working toward. Right, exactly. So it's always good to nurture those relationships. How would you describe your time in the D League or G League now? Was, was it humbling? Was it taking you back to your roots where 
it's just with guys that love the game and have a passion for it, but are also extremely motivated and not content at all with where they're at. Hmm. Pause. My time and <laughs> <laughs> my time there was it was fun, man. Honestly, it was challenging because the 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 schedule is the most challenging part of it. Um, the unknown. From a traveling standpoint? Yeah, okay. yeah, from a traveling standpoint. You know, you're playing games, days that you land. and So it, it's tough from that regard. Like, But I had a blast, man, honestly. Like just being around those young, energetic guys who don't have to stretch before practice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah, like don't have to get in. I think I was the only one that used the ice bath, like. Uh, and now it's invaluable. Now you got right. like Glenn doing the cryo right. stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. which so is like, incredi incredible uh, stuff nowadays. Uh, it was fun, man. I had a great time just learning and also teaching. And those young guys, they pay so much attention to coaches all their careers. That's all they listen to is that when they get a guy who's had the experience or gone through what they, they're trying to get to, they, they seem like they listen more when it's like, wow, like, Okay, you're actually you've actually been where I want to get to. There's an automatic level of respect. <laughs> yeah, it's a level that they have, like because when you're young, like I said, you're young, you're naive, so you don't think, you don't believe in coaches as much as you do guys who like you want guys around who walk that walk with you. Um, and I've been fortunate to be coached by people who walk that walk. You know, like Nate, Nate's played, you know, and had a great career, so he knows it, you know. Why is that different than than a guy that hasn't played? And I bring that up because I don't, previous coach Frank Vogel had no experience. Nate, that, very different, yeah. and he has playing experience. Is it just they they can relate a little bit more with you guys? I think I think it is a way that like they just relate more. Like, and you want to, it's a language, and it's unspoken. Huh. You know, like it's 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 just a language, but it doesn't make one more. I guess smarter or better yeah. coach. We've than seen the Greg other. Popovich yeah. do just fine. Right. Greg we? Popovich, exactly, great example, and he never bounced the ball, but it's relatability, and guys nowadays, and and even then, they just wanted to be around or hear from people who walked in their shoes before, because that's the first thing that someone to say when. Hmm. If there's a debate or a disagreement, or you don't know how you know you never did, you know what I mean? Like, because so many people can tell you how to do things that they've never done, that you don't want to hear it most of the time <laughs> from yeah. someone who you feel like hasn't been on the level that you know you've been on. And that's the thing that you have to humble yourself about when it comes to coaching and coach coaches versus players, you know. The first thing you, you I was told about my dad is just to shut up because, trust me, you don't know everything, right? And that's humbling when someone tells you that because when you make it to the pinnacle, and this is the pinnacle of, of basketball, the NBA, you think you know it all. And you think the first thing you think is how talented you are. Like, I, I know this game because I made it here. Well, that's not necessarily true. Guys like Kobe Bryant. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, those guys are still are still learning as their career go on. Like LeBron is arguably having the best year of his career because he's gotten better and he's in year 15. So he's listened to someone, right? And that someone may not have been someone who's played, but it may have been. 
and everyone he's been coached by or trained by, I'm sure aren't guys who's always played. So if he can do it, you know, Michael Jordan was trained by Tim Grover. Tim Grover mm-hmm. never played basketball, but he helped Michael Jordan. Now, anyone can say, oh, well, Michael Jordan was going to be Michael Jordan anyway. Well, don't. Everyone don't know. People don't actually know that, right? So he listened to someone. Yeah, it seems like those guys that aren't content with what they're doing, that don't turn it on cruise control once they get into the league and are constantly trying to learn, listen, watch film, and, and get better, those are the ones that are still playing today or that that are continuing to make contributions yeah. and not being sent back down to the G League or, or trying to find a place in the league. Yeah. I mean, basketball is so universal and it's so people are playing it everywhere that, like, Everywhere you go and play, like, you, you, you got to learn something. I think the best players that's ever played, they learn something everywhere they go play or with whom they, they go play with. I know over the course of the last four years, I've learned the game from everywhere. And I've had to play. In, so different, yeah, too. Yeah, I've had to play in China, which is a different game. I had to play in Venezuela, and that's mm-hmm. a different game. Played in the D League, and that's a G League. That's a different game. And. You know, Puerto Rico, it's a different game. And here I am back in the NBA, and it's, it's you know, it's so different. And all those lessons, all those places I played were so valuable to me in my game, and it really revolutionized and evolved my game a lot and helped me be who I am even now. Um, it helps you respect the game from a lot of different places. Let's talk about some of your experience playing in those various countries and Puerto Rico is the one that I've heard jumps out to you especially in your time there what three years and it's also hit home a little bit as we've seen the events that have unfolded there with the the hurricanes and everything over the last six months what was your experience like there and I know at least you said you had several great friends still there yeah um, I, I got family in Puerto Rico really yeah it's, it, they're not even friends. Any, I mean, they're friends, but they're more like family. Three years in Puerto Rico, um, meeting so many wonderful people. They're so humble and they're so grateful. Like it's almost like they're honored that you would come play there. Little do they know is like, hey, I'm 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 humbled that you guys even have me, and to be able to go play in such a, a, a place or country where family is so important to them. Every, everyone's family is treated so well. Uh, and they have a level of love for family and unity that I haven't really seen in, in a lot of places. So they embrace me. They embrace my family. Um, everyone that was there with me with open arms. And, you know, even J.J., myself and J.J. came really close during my time of playing over there, and we didn't even play together. I just knew him, and, you know, we were represented by some of the same people. So it was it – was, it's sad to see them going through what they, they're going through, and I've tried to help in ways that I could help. Uh, I've kept in touch with people over there um, as much as I, I, I can. It's been, it's been, it's been unfortunate, but – it was a great experience playing. Uh, the game is much different. It's a lot more slower and it's a lot more physical. Okay. Um, Would you like to see the NBA get back to a little bit more physical, be able to play? 
like you could I mean, a decade or so ago? Yeah. Are you I'll, good with the way it is? Yeah, I, I mean, yes and yes. Yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good with the way it is. I think it, it, it helps guys to show their versatility. Uh, but it also – people settle a lot, too, with – the pace how the nba is right now like big guys are shooting a lot of jump shots that they don't really need to shoot right? i love the pull-up transition three yeah, yeah like. right like, it's practice now like you mm-hmm. like coaches are putting it in their workouts for for their guards you know like back in the day that was just terrible shot you get pulled from yeah. the game for yeah, doing something yeah, like yeah, that yeah now you get pulled for not taking it um but it's a confident shot that's for sure uh, but yeah, like you got bigs now, like they're not they're not pick and rolling anymore. Every big is picking and popping, so it, eventually you end up having five guys on the perimeter, right? Like that that it's tough. But you know the Spurs, I mean not the Spurs, the Warriors have spoiled people. Mm-hmm. Everybody think that that's their that's the recipe to win, but people don't understand that the Warriors move the ball, man. Like, the ball moves. It's not about who they have, where they have. That's one of the best qualities. And I also right. think they don't get enough credit for their defense. Right. Like, they guard and they move the ball. That's It's almost like they move the ball so much that it causes them to turn the ball over a lot because they just – everyone's looking to make a pass. Like, they all just want to pass. And eventually – and they all end up scoring a lot of points. The ball moves. It's not about who they have on the floor or how small those guys are. You can play five centers. If the ball moves, people are going to score because no one likes the guard movement. Nowadays, everyone is in a rush to get the ball out of bounds. It's almost like, please, just go ahead and score so we can get the ball back. Right? Like, that's kind of how Houston is. Houston, Houston almost allow, It looks like they're almost allowing you to score. Once you get inside yeah. a three-point line, you, like, you take your twos, we'll take our threes, and we'll beat you. Exactly. And plus free throws. Threes and free throws. Right. That's their like, game. They play. want rim attempts, and they want threes. And defensively, they're trying to stop you from taking threes. So they run you off the line, and as soon as you go inside the three-point line, they're like, okay, our defense is done. Mm-hmm. Back to back to Puerto Rico, What what was – life like there the living conditions and how are things way different than you have it here flying private jets and staying in at the four seasons with the pacers well i i was in a uh what a two-bedroom apartment uh on a golf course and i assume was this a situation where they pay for your living conditions maybe a car car, yeah i was on I, i lived on a golf course uh while i was there you a golfer i'm not did you you didn't become one i hit the ball um I stayed on a golf course one year I was there. Another year I stayed at a hotel. Another year I stayed in San Juan on the beach. It just depends on where they put you. And you have some input in it if you know the, the lay of the land. Um, so, yeah, I, I stayed in a condo on a beach. Literally open up the back door and I'm looking at nothing but water. Um, and then they give you a car to drive. You drive yourself to every game, home and away. Mm-hmm. You sleep in your bed every night because you drive back. To your place, the furthest drive you may take is two hours. Every oh, it's team, not bad at all. Yeah, every team. So you're driving for a two-hour game. You're not riding team bus. You're no, driving. No there. team bus. You're driving <laughs> yourself. Like you show up. You know, like it's almost like you're just going to hoop, and you're living on the beach and getting paid for. Yeah, 
and you're living on the beach. So it's not bad living at all, man. Like, we had it, you know, the weird the grocery stores was right up the street from where we lived. Like, we were, it was almost like being in Florida. Okay. You know, like, they had everything. Like, nothing is really different. Now, the restaurants are more like locally owned, mom and pops, mm-hmm. where, you know, they weren't chained. They had, you know, your normal places out there. You had to go go into San Juan to see most of the places that we would have here. But in those outside cities, in the outskirts, you know, it was more locally owned restaurants that you probably never heard of but were good. And do you have a usual spot game day? You go to the same cafe or anything like that? Uh, do you, do well, you get the, into a routine. Well, the golf course that I lived on, they had a golf club, so they had the sure. restaurant inside there that was pretty good food. And you know, my fiance, she's an awesome cook, so most of the groceries that we bought, she was cooking. And I had my kids there. We we were having a ball, honestly, man. I, the community was gated. It, 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 it was great. I had a I had a great time. So they make it they make it easy for you as easy as they can. Um, it was fun, man. It was an unbelievable experience playing in Puerto Rico. I would definitely go there again and play. You brought up one of your sons, and we at least saw him on one instance. Yeah. At a practice, I for, maybe it was a Sunday afternoon, a All random right. day. Yeah. I gotta believe when you're in there, a late night sessions, you, you snuck them in there other yeah. times. What was that like for you, father son moment? Maybe trying to uh, pass it along, or if anything, just spending time. I think it's more important for me. Um, it was just the time spent. Mm-hmm. More importantly, I, I couldn't care less what he does. What is well? Let me take that. Let me rephrase <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I I want to know that whatever it is he does, number one, it's legal. <laughs> number, number two, um, he's happy doing it. And my only requirement for all my kids are graduate high school and graduate college. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 all I want. Um, and if they do those things, I know they're tracking well. To, to because in order to accomplish those things, you have to be tracking well. Um, so those are things I want for them more than anything. I, I I couldn't care less if they played a sport, picked up a ball, did any of that. Um, but just find their passion. Just find your pursue. passion and pursue it. Exactly. But that particular son of mine, Jaden, is his name. Okay. He he loves basketball. He does. He loves it. He wants to play it. And so I'm going to help him as much as I can. I'm not going to force it on him. And it doesn't seem like so far that it's it's forced on him. He like it's in him. He he it's in him. He has it. It's just about him honing and focusing in on what he wants to do with it now. It's like, how bad do you want it? Because I know you want it. I can see it in his eyes, and he tells me that all the time. But what are you willing to sacrifice? And that's what I've had to learn um, from my dad. So obviously it's my job to, to pass that on to him. And then I'm, you know, I'm, in, I'm in today's game, the game that he watches today. I'm in that game. So. Yeah, it's 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 fun to be able to spend that time with him, and it's also fun to help him learn how to be better at it. Did your son spend much time around the guys? I didn't see him in the locker room post game yeah, yeah. or anything. Maybe they were when we weren't there, but yeah. did you make a point at all to allow he, them free reign around the locker room? Yeah, he he's been around. Uh, he's been around guys before, um, and he spent some time in the locker room. While he, was, he was one of the ball boys. 
Was he? Okay, yeah, I haven't he seen was him. at the end of the court uh, during the game. See, I think uh, that's really cool. Yeah, he enjoys that. He he enjoys that. Like that's his that's his thing. He he likes to get out there with him and rebound for him, and then go back and tell his friends how he played one on one with him. The story oh, kind of changes a little bit. Sure. I'm like, well, I didn't see that part, <laughs> right? Like, but you know, he he enjoys it. He has a great time doing it, and uh, it makes me happy just to see him happy and in that element, mm-hmm. um, because. Every father wants to have a common ground with their children. Like, it's something that they want to take. You want, I think, every father wants their children to take something from them that you can relate to them with, right? Like, if I worked at a brewery, for instance, not that I would want my child to grow up to be an alcoholic or to drink, but I would want them to know about wheat and barley and how it relates to you know being a business owner being too. a business owner things that and having a successful exactly, business customer like, service exactly i would want them to to want to know those things so that's our common ground it's amazing to me you say you don't necessarily mind how they grow up yeah. but how many times do we see it that they ultimately do i think of nate mcmillan he told us son, jamel do not get into this business coaching this profession it's difficult the hours it's tough on the family He's an assistant for the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> now, it, it, it's, Nate has told me that. <laughs> you sure you want to do this? Uh, yep, that's yeah, my next yeah, subject yeah, I wanted yeah, to get yeah, into. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm sure Nate is proud of uh, Jamel. And Jamel has done a, a great job. Shoot, heck, he's an assistant for New Orleans. Like, that doesn't happen overnight. That took some hard work and some trust from New Orleans to say that, hey, we believe in you enough to give you this job. And talking about growth and, and moving up a system, he started as their player started development player. guy yeah, yeah. and then stayed on that staff. During Pacer games, you're always sat next to the coaching staff. Yeah. Was that a, a personal decision or is that something that you, you discussed with the coaching staff before the year started and then why? What did you try to uh, do? I didn't discuss it with them. It's just my way of trying to learn. Okay. Um, being away from the game for four years. You notice the changes in the game, but to get back in it, now you got to really, you know, you, you got to learn it. And I think nowadays the disconnect between coaches and players is that, or the coaches that played, the disconnect is they hadn't played this game. They've only coached it or seen it, mm-hmm. but they hadn't played it. It's a different game from even when I was my first couple of years. The game is different. Like we had big men true real big men my rookie year and my couple years after that guys that posted and wouldn't dare shoot threes you know what I'm saying back to the basket hook shot yeah Yeah. you had big men you know you got points in the paint single like from not just from fast breaks and drive to the basket you your points in the paint came from your bigs guards weren't rebounding they wouldn't dare go steal a big man's rebound you know, Lance would be fighting every big man it. that I played against. I love it. You and that's, that's what gets him fired up, too, is right. by getting those, getting those rebounds. You can hear him yeah. up in the club level. Yeah, the game is Snap the, game the ball. It's changed. So yeah. I like to sit next to them so I can just learn. Like, I like to learn. I like to know what adjustments that they're making on the fly. I like to see what um, they're thinking. So when I get out on the floor, I can – I can just do it. I can do what I heard them say they want someone to do. Or I can reiterate to someone or say to someone, hey, look, we need more of this. And not just say, hey, coach said. they." No, I can say it. We need more than this because 
this is why we need it. You know, understanding that aspect of it. Because when you watch it long enough, when you get out there and do it, it gets easy. Right? Like that last game I played, for instance. Like, I was getting to the corners so much because all I've heard all season long is that we need guys to get to the corner. That's what coach has been telling the team. Hey, we need guys to get to the corners because it's open shots in the corner. So get there. So first thing you do, hit to the corner. Yeah, I'm going. And you finish in double figures. Right, I'm going to the corner. And I like it. Lo and behold, it's, I get three open looks over there. Like I'm gonna knock those down. Every like that's that's it's easier. Is one way how the game has changed over the years is guys want an explanation for why they're doing things, and it's not questioning the coach, but to try to understand the method behind it. Why do you want to get to the corner more often? I mean, shoot, it's a, it's a. Those are the reasons and those answers to those questions. You give them to your teammates, me in particular, because I've sat next to the coaches and heard the reasons why. And then you get out there and then you're like, man, I want to get out here so I can show what, like, they're talking about, what our coaching staff is trying to say to the team that seemingly no one is listening to. Let me be the guy that go out there and do it so people can say, oh, that actually works. Like, it works. Seeing is believing. Right. <laughs> for right. some guys. Exactly. What was it like growing up in the basketball family? I got I to gotta ask that question that I'm sure you answer uh, all the time. But but it is pretty cool, too. It Man, um, basketball has been good to my family, um, needless to say. Uh, my uncle's Hall of Fame career. My dad has a great 14 degree. He's actually played longer than – thank you. He's actually played, played longer than any of us so far. My dad had the longest career. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I didn't necessarily grow up in the family because I was living with my mom up until I was, you know, a young a young child. And then I moved in with my dad, and I got to see how it worked. At what age do you think that was, roughly? Uh, shoot, when I finally moved in with him, I was 14. Okay. Um, Teenager. But I was going back and forth visiting him uh, from time to time. But... I didn't really get to know him or move in with him until I was 14. And that's when I really saw how the work ethic he put in. Um, and I played basketball prior to that, but I think my passion came from watching him train and watching him prepare. And that's when I got a passion for it. And once I developed that passion, the work ethic and everything else came pretty quickly. And then that's when it took off for me. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. That made me wonder if you were able to hang around the locker room at all, but it doesn't yeah. sound like that was the case well, too much. Well, when I first moved in with him um, okay. at that age, yeah, I used to go to practices with him in games. I remember playing. I remember going to the, the Coliseum in Ohio, uh, Richmond, Richfield Coliseum, that people don't even know. That, I don't even know if that building is still there anymore, but uh, that's when he played with Cleveland. I remember going to Madison Square Garden once or twice, Watching them play, being around Patrick, being around those guys, being around Patrick Union Jr. When we were both kids. I like him. Good dude. Yeah. He went to IU for yeah, a couple of years, we so were, I got to know him we were, a little bit. When we were both kids. Hilarious um, guy. He is funny. Um, you know, being around Daryl Armstrong, and I say that when my dad was in Orlando, and I say yeah. that because I just saw him. He's on the coaching staff in Dallas, so mm-hmm. I was able to, 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 to be around him. Like, I, I just – people that I've been able to meet Penny Hardaway man like was one of my favorite players growing up I was able to meet him um so yeah I've been around the game a lot and I think one of the things I've always felt 
um, is that I was around the NBA game so much that it hurt my college career because I didn't under, I, I want I, my game has always been a faster paced, no system type game. Like I always just wanted to get out there and play and read react. reads. Yeah, yeah. Not be in a system. So college was just, it felt slow and behind to me. Like I felt like I was just doing things behind, like everything I was doing. I was just, I was already, I had already learned that. So I felt okay. like I was going backwards. I had great, good coaches in college. Don't get me wrong. I had fun in college. But I wasn't even going to bring up college for the football reasons. Oh, but. my goodness. <laughs> I won't yeah, we're not going to talk about football. <laughs> but I always felt like everything I was being taught, I had already learned. Like, I wanted to. That's it. So that just goes to show, you know, how much of the game, of the professional game that I had actually grew up around. Have you, have you always been a mild manner, don't get too high, don't get too low type of guy? Or is that something you developed over the years? Yes, because <laughs> uh, that's something I've, I've, I I learned. I took away from David West. Yeah, I've that's learned, where I understood yeah, that. I've learned that over the years, and I think I've always kind of been that way. That's kind of been my personality. Um, you know, listen, I've been through a lot for my career, man. That a lot of people probably would have given up by now. That's why it's such a surprise when people see me now on this level. Still, like everything's like, man, you still like. It's still not given to me, though, right? That's like, the best thing, as you yeah, discussed. Yeah. You earned that last roster spot. Yeah, it's still not given. I've still worked for it because I've, I don't know how to quit. And I know eventually, like, the ball is going to stop bouncing. I'm going to have to do something else. And I'm ready for that, but I'm not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mentally prepared for that. Yeah, you, you yeah. said you've been doing it for over yeah, 10 like, years thinking about that yeah, next thinking step. thinking about the next step from that standpoint. Which but is incredible. I, and it's like I told my fiance here, Jasmine, I, I want to. And I told KP and Chad, coach, the same thing. They told me, hey, you wanna, if you want help transitioning into something else, let us know. Like, I do want that help. But it's important to me in my career, in my life, and my goals to finish out this season on an NBA roster. Okay. I just want to finish this year. And, I, and whatever happens after this year, I can accept it. I'll take it because I'm ready for it. But it's a goal of mine to get this year, to finish this year out. Like, this isn't how I want to end this year, right? Like, not on a roster. And I'm hoping that it could be this one but I can't limit my goals to the Indiana Pacers Mm -hmm. as much as I want to be here but I I would love to just finish out this season on an NBA roster and see what happens after that because I can still do this like the playing part given the opportunity you you give me the minutes I'll produce positive minutes for you Um, but the story is far from ending and, and you can do that because you stayed in incredible shape. You haven't eaten red meat in 12 years. No. Haven't re- assuming it's still true. Yeah. Haven't eaten meat overall in probably almost a year now. Well, it's getting I, there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've cheated with the meat. Oh, part. you have. Okay, the meat Since part. Camp. The, well, I would say chicken and fish. That was, right. That's meat. But red meat, pork, none of that. I haven't in over 12 years. No. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Big picture. Have you thought? Coach GM type role, I, I, either one I, of those, or is, I want to be that, I want to be more of a GM than I do a coach. You do, okay. I want to be more of an executive than I do a coach. Um, 
that path probably may be through coaching. It may not be. It may be through scouting or maybe through player development, whatever it is. I, I, I much rather sit in the office than um, – and I know I, I, I'm aware that I can relate to guys. I can relate to players. I, I, I'm aware that I can get guys' attention um, from experience and from just being overall genuine and honest. And I think that's what guys on our team respect us so much, and that's what they all text me telling me that, even this morning. Um, but I have a feeling that will probably continue at least for another six months, a year. I think guys will always be leaning on you after they've gotten to know you so well, it seems like, over these last I don't know, six months or so. Well, it, 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 you know what? I didn't expect it to be this way. I didn't plan it to be this way. I just came into this situation being who I am. Um, that's it. I just came here and I worked my butt off. I said, I'm just going to be who I am, and I'm going to help guys as much as I can, and it's not about me. And I never carried it that way. I never carried a situation thinking that it was about me. I always put my teammates first, put the organization first, um, and played for the name on the front of my jersey. And that's all that mattered to me. That's all I've ever wanted. And I never wanted to leave my career and someone say that he's not a good teammate. That's the one thing I've always wanted, like, because I've, I've known guys, you know, I've been in locker rooms where people say, man, that guy right there, he was not a good teammate. And that's the one thing I never want anyone to say about me. They can say, hey, man, he wasn't a good post-up player or he wasn't a good ball handler or he wasn't, you know, good at shooting or whatever people say about people. But never do I want anyone to say about me that I wasn't a good teammate. I don't know if you'll still qualify for it, but at the end of the year, it wouldn't surprise me if you win the Teammate of the Year award for this locker room. Oh, man, that would be That would be cool, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. It would be. Um, that would be awesome. Um, and trust me, that would be That'd something. That would be a way to go out, too, that for you. That would be a way to go out right there, man. Uh, I don't know. We'll see, man. There's still so much time left and so many possibilities up in the air. I have no idea what's going to happen next. Um, but I try to mentally and physically prepare for whatever it is that's going to come down the road uh, here, and hopefully that time comes soon. Um, but I'm trusting. Um, I'm trusting. Uh, I know I got a bunch of guys over there in that locker room across the street that's in my corner. Um, so that means a lot to me, even if nothing does happen with the Pacers. That alone means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that everyone – within the organization has reached out to me since that time more than once. And it wasn't just a hello, nice cool. to meet you, good to work with you, goodbye. It was constant. You know, it's been it's been constant and the communication hasn't stopped. I still get the team alerts. <laughs> they have a group meet going. Yeah, like for the schedule, like that's our awesome. schedule, I still get the, the teamwork's alerts that's going on. Like that's tough, honestly. You it's don't want to delete that app. Do I you? don't want to delete it. And it's mm -hmm. tough to get, like, when I see the notifications the, of the schedule for the next day. And it's tough because I'm looking at it like, wow, like, I know what the guys are doing right now. You know, I know I can go back there right now and, and fill right in and not miss a beat. And it's tough. Yep. Last thing for just your experience in Indianapolis and with Pacer fans. What has uh, this meant to you? Uh, it's meant everything, man. I can't even. <laughs> oh, 
My bad. Here we go. Uh. Wow. <laughs> I'll edit this out. No big deal. You don't have to. Okay. Oh. Um, we talk about it all the time. Like, all I ever wanted the past, I would say, four years is to have an opportunity like this. Um. And I got it. So, for that, I'm proud. No matter what happens from here on out, like, I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish and the things that I've been able to stick with doing. I'm proud of the work that I've been able to put in and the results that's come with it. I'm proud that my teammates here have shown me the respect that they've shown me. Um, uh, like, I'm proud of the trust that the coaching staff and this organization have in me. Even though on the outside looking in, it doesn't seem like there's much because, you know, I'm currently not on the roster, right? But I see it. They believe in me. They do. Mm-hmm. And it's like I told you the night, the day it happened. Businesses make business decisions. And it was a business decision for them. And if I'm in that situation one day, that's something I'm going to have to do. It, it comes along with the business. Um, but the fans here, the people here in Indianapolis have welcomed me and my family with open arms. and They've done everything to accommodate us and more. Um, everywhere we go, it's been nothing but love, nothing but respect, nothing but tremendous admiration. And that, like I told her this morning, it motivates me. It motivates me to want to do more, um, to push that envelope of influence. Um, yeah, it's been everything. It's been I couldn't have written it any better, and I wouldn't have written it any better if I had to write this story. And it was a movie. I probably would have written it with this happening with me getting released I would have written it that way for the climax of it because now you like now we're waiting yeah if you're watching yeah if you're watching it you like what like wow I can't believe that happened it's like that one moment where like your favorite character in a movie gets shot right like in in season what was it six well he survived yeah of of Game of Thrones right you watch season six of that I haven't gotten into that series at all okay so anyone who's listening will know what I'm talking anyone who's listening will know when uh What's his name when he got killed at the end of season six? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it was a part where someone, a good character in it, happened. You know, like, it's one of those moments, right, where, like, you're like, wow, like, I can't believe they did. Like, no, that's not the end. It can't be. And that's where I am right now with it. Like, I'm so motivated by it that. I'm not even worried. A year ago, two years ago, three years ago, I probably would have worried myself sick, had all type of ulcers, been feeling bad for myself, sorry for myself, but this is different. I just don't feel like it's 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 the end. Like it can't be. I don't believe it is, and I just know and trust that one day, sometime, 
whenever it happens. Obviously, for now, I got a lot to think about, a lot of decisions to make. I, you know, I could go to the D League and play there and just to stay in shape. I could stick around here. I could go home either way, but I don't know what I'm going to do. But whatever it is, I know, like, I'm going to always have a connection with this city, with this organization, with this team. And for them to give me the opportunity to come here and play, um, and to be a part of this and to influence the locker room the way that they have, it's been remarkable, man. I can't, I'm so appreciative. I'm so grateful. And I pray that no one, not only just in the Pacers locker room, but no one around this league, all 400 some odd players, don't ever take this for granted, man, because these are the best years that we're going to live. And to be able to walk in that locker room and have that camaraderie and put on these uniforms and be looked up to and admired and to, to, to have the opportunities that this game has given us, it's a blessing. It is an absolute blessing to, to, to play this game and to have this life that this game has given us. And this, this has been one of the best half years <laughs> Of my career, man. It has absolutely been amazing. And I can't even say enough how appreciative and how thankful I am for the, for the opportunity. And I can't ever forget it. I think the word that comes to mind, Damien, is relentless. Relentless in your motivation and your passion to pursue whatever it is. And right now it's still basketball. Yeah, it That's still pretty is. cool. And I still have that passion. And that game, I'll never forget that last game against Chicago. That's one of my favorite times on the floor. It was because. That was, that's what you're joking about. It was the yeah, easiest you've ever easy, played because yeah, you like, knew what was happening. Yeah, and it, it just, it's a testament to anyone who's ever said or asked the question, you know, hey, why is he on the roster or how can he help? Well, you just saw it. And that was like a curtain call of sorts. Um, but I'll be back. I don't know where that's going to be. And like I said, I hope it'll be here, but I'm coming back. Mm -hmm. And wherever that place is, um, I learned a lot being here. Um, and I'm thankful, like I said, for the opportunity to, to have played and put on that pace in uniform. Man. And I remember the first time I did it for media day and it was like, wow, like I'm here. Like, I did it. And I remember the words Kevin Pritchett spoke to me when he said I made the team. I was like, wow, I did it. And it's just, it's been unbelievable, man. Outstanding. Damian Jasmine, I appreciate your time. Thanks Thank you. so much. And Thank you. This is a tremendous podcast, inspiring, I think, to a lot of Pacer fans, NBA fans, and those here in Indianapolis. Thank you, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for having me. That's Damian Wilkins joining me here on the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. If you haven't done so already, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more. And we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>